I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Today on the show, celebrating Black women through poetry. From Issa Rae to Janelle Monet, from Stacey Abrams to Kamala Harris, there is no shortage of the amazing Black women who shape our society, inspire us, and change us. And it's high time for them to get their roses. Our next guest wants to do just that. In his new forthcoming book, Black Roses, Chicago artist Harold Green III aims to honor and celebrate trailblazing Black women through art and poetry. And he joins us now. Hi, Harold. Welcome to Reset. Hey, Sasha. How are you doing? Doing very well. Glad to have you on. Why did you want to write this book? Man, it's so many reasons. You know, I was raised in a two-parent household. We lived in a duplex on the south side. But I also had, you know, my sister and then my grandmother who lived on the second floor. And my grandmother, she had... 12 children, uh, and only one boy. So I had a plethora of black aunties, you know, and these strong black female figures that I was surrounded by, two aunties on my dad's side. So I was always immersed in, you know, a myriad of of cousins. So it's just I always saw all these wonderful examples of black women growing up, and I was always such a fan of black history and all the important contributions that so many black women have contributed to the tapestry of the American fabric. Mm -hmm. And it just always awed me, even as a child. And so once I became an artist, I always wanted to make sure that my platform was used to elevate black women in a way that I felt was honorable. Because You know, they don't get that a lot. And there's so many different depictions that I feel like aren't serving. And as a black man, I felt like it was my job and my duty from so many wonderful examples I've seen to make sure that those examples were promulgated and pushed out into the world. Yeah, well, thinking about those examples you've seen in your your personal life, right, your mom, all those aunts, uh, your, your grandmother, what advice have they given you over the years that maybe you still stick by? My grandmother, you know, she was a funny character because she uh she loved me a lot, but she wasn't she wasn't one of those real vocal, uh, sentimental people. It was like the things she would do, you know, she would take take us to school every day and take us grocery shopping, always had a meal on the table. And um as she got older and I got further in my artistic career, she just would do little sweet things like you know, be in front of the TV, and I would come visit her, and she, you know, just be sitting there like, oh, I'm just waiting on you to be on the TV, you know, uh-huh. and just things that would stick with me. And my mom, I, and I was just telling her about this the other day, she, when I first started writing, every day she would come home from lunch and listen to my new poem. Like, so every day I wrote something, and every day she'd just sit on that bed and just, you know, take up time at her lunch where she could have been, you know, peaceful, eating her food, doing mm-hmm. her thing, and listen to a new poem, like, every day. And my sister would do, she was, she's such a big cheerleader of mine and would do the same things. And even to this day, she just roots for me so loud and just unapologetically. And it's not always what they say, it's what they're doing that sticks with me, mm-hmm. you know, and black women have been so supportive throughout my life and throughout my career. And that is something that I've learned from. It's made me more of an altruistic person. Like I want to be a bigger humanitarian because of the black women that I've encountered in my life. As you, you talk about your grandmother, I, I'm drawn to the forward, which uh, 
was written by musical artist Rhapsody, uh, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Um, she <laughs> she starts it out with a, a quote from her grandma, right, who right. had a big impact on her, too. And it, the quote is, uh, give me my roses while I can still smell them. Talk about mm-hmm. that idea of giving flowers for the living. Yeah, that, you know, that was, a, it's a big part of my career going on like 11 years or so now, uh, or 12, I've been doing, it started out as a YouTube series where I was just doing 14 love poems from February 1st through the 14th, and then it turned into this big artist collective. I brought my wife in, and then I brought in all these other singers and bandmates, and now it's about 20 of us, Then it turned into a nonprofit and all that great stuff, and the whole idea was just me always making sure that I'm using my art to make people feel appreciated and seen and loved while they are here because we do so much when people are gone. And I think as humans, it's because it feels easy. Like when people are gone, posthumously, we we can't be let down per se. I mean, we can if some dirt get dug up, but it's easier when people are alive to feel disappointed. So if you start celebrating them and saying all these great things and then all of a sudden, you know, people turn into these salacious, scandalous people, and it's like, oh, man, see, I should have never said that. But for me, I think it's so important, even if people let us down or whatever, there are so many amazing things that people have done, and I just want to make sure, because I think if we keep pointing them out, it makes people want to keep doing them, you know? Bringing attention to the positive, I think, creates more positive. Something interesting in the the beginning of the book that you say, Harold, is um, uh, part of the reason that you wrote it was to create emotional equity. What did you yeah, mean? Yeah, that's you know that was actually when I was creating the book and and kind of going through the process. That was one of the major phrases that kept popping in my mind because I think for so long, black women there's been such an imbalance. You know, when we're talking about economic equity in America, we have so much data. But I think when we're talking about the emotional damage that has been done to black women throughout the history of America, I mean, it's unquantifiable. You know, like, for so long you're told that your image is not enough and it's not the right thing. It's not this, not that. But then you turn around and you see somebody else doing what you have naturally, and then all of a sudden they're lauded and praised for these things, but you're pushed to the back of the line or forgotten about or maybe you get rejected or you get negative feedback. And I think that black women deserve some emotional equity. We have to even the playing field. They have they they deserve to know that they are beautiful, they are accomplished, they are worthy, they are so many things that they haven't heard for centuries. Harold, can you read one of the poems for us? Oh, absolutely. I mean, since you mentioned Rhapsody, a very good friend, I'm going to read the ode from the book dedicated to her. Rhapsody's Wisdom. The beauty of the Sankofa is the ability to hold on to what's valuable behind us while still facing forward, never forgetting the treasure of the past, simultaneously never forgetting the importance of progress. Respect for those before you, but there will never be another you. It's too sticky walking in the Tar Heels' footsteps. A goddess MC with a Nike complex. Change the conversation. Just do it. Personify determination. Just do it. Become immortal. Just did it. Should be mentioned with the illest. Ask your favorite who's their favorite. They get it. Never let her gender hinder your opinion. Culture don't come from the critic, 
but from the creators who live it. You are the culture. We should be thankful to witness a warrior with an indomitable spirit. Remember when you yelled, I'm great, and they wouldn't listen? Now we speak your truth and dare them to resent it. The payoff of perseverance, the decadence of different. Wear your crown like a fitted, a new era, baton carrier, torchbearer. May your light shine, LED. You got a whole nation behind you, ROC. Long live the legend, R-A-P. Oh, wow. Just another example of how incredible this book is. How did you pick who you wanted to dedicate these odes to? Oh, man, that actually might have been the hardest part of this book. <laughs> well, you've got <laughs> like, some good ones. You landed on some yeah, really good ones. Man, I, and that's, that was the problem. It was too many good ones, you know. So I had, you know, this lengthy list. And my wonderful editor at Harper, we, we sat and we toiled. And it was really her who helped me dwindle it down because if it was up to me, this this book would have been way thicker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she just, you know, she was really great in that process of, you know, because my nose was too close to the page. And she was able to kind of see duplicates in certain disciplines. And um, we kind of, we had to, like, leave off the you know, the Beyonce's and Rihanna's and Oprah Winfrey's of the world, mm-hmm. because, I mean, as as much as black women don't necessarily get their flowers, it's certain black women that, you know, they get bouquets just about every day. <laughs> so um, yeah, we wanted to you. make sure that we were highlighting a lot of women that, you know, don't necessarily get talked about much, or if they do, you don't know as much about them as you may think. And then uh, I think the most beautiful part for me was I was able to add my family, you know, so I was able to add... Uh, my mother, my sister, my my cousin, who I call my sister cousin, because mm-hmm. we grew up in the same house for a long period of time, and my, my wonderful and beautiful wife. Yeah, that's great. And you write about some of my personal faves, so I'm kind of biased. Uh, once I saw Ava DuVernay in there, and Tracy <laughs> yeah. Ellis Ross, I'm yeah. a little bit obsessed. Um, Issa Rae, <laughs> Tabitha Brown, they've both been on fire lately. Um, yeah. in the TV industry. So I think your timing is just impeccable with this list of women. Yeah, I was really excited because there's been so many from that list you just named who saw their O's because I, I also filmed, I filmed so far 13 out of the 40 because it started off as a visual project. And then once we got the book deal, I stopped filming. But Ava DuVernay, Tracy Ellis Ross, Stacey Abrams, Tabitha Brown, the list goes on, saw their O's. And reposted them and mm-hmm. just, you know, had such sheer delight and honor behind it. And it made me emotional. You know, each time that it happened, it made me emotional. I remember when Tracy Ellis Ross posted hers, I I was I was making breakfast one Sunday and I had to stop because I was crying. You know, it was just, mm. that's how much it meant to me because, you know, the, I think the, the glory in it is knowing not only that I'm making an impact in the world, but also... My gift is a gift to these who I feel like have gifted us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's such a big deal to me. There's also uh, what we would call the Chicagoness of this yeah. work, right? You've got an ode to uh, <laughs> author and sociologist Eve Ewing. You've got another one to former CPS CEO Janice Jackson. You even have mm-hmm. Jennifer Hudson in there and, and some yeah. others. How, yeah, how do you think they've ahead. changed and, and inspired Chicago, those women? I think those women, it's nine of them in there that are from Chicago, and I think they have 
they have helped shape and mold so much in so many different sectors. I mean, even when you think about Janice and Eve and Jennifer and, and Melody Hobson, I mean, those are four different sectors alone. You're talking music, education, writing, and finance. You know, like these different sectors that these women are giants in, mm-hmm. and they all hail from this wonderful city. It just goes to show how much the world is affected, you know, by the products of Chicago. And I thought that that was a really beautiful part of the compilation of this book is just, you know, how many behemoths come from Chicago that are just making an impact on the world. Yeah. Well, to that point, as as you said, the women that you highlight in this book, they they fall under all these different categories, right? As you Mm -hmm. talked about, they're trailblazers, they're advocates, they're innovators. What do you say they all have in common, though? Honestly, I think all of them are light. You know, we have a luminary uh, chapter. I think all of them could have been in that particular chapter, you know? I think all of them in some way, shape, or form have used their life to be a lighthouse. And that has been one of the most beautiful things because I, I made sure, you know, in crafting each poem that their character is what was being talked about. Because we could talk about the beauty of these women, you know, physical characteristics and stuff, all the, all we want. Mm-hmm. But what was really important to me is showing their character and their brilliance, whether it be, you know, socially or within their specific discipline or them as a humanitarian. All of these women, I think, have done something to make our lives better. And I think in that, in seeing that, we can, in turn, be our own lights. Yeah. You you said this started out as a visual project, right? So I want to talk about the art real quick and give flowers <laughs> to the artist, <laughs> Melissa Kobe. Yeah. Yeah, it's each of the yeah. poems, if, if you haven't seen the book, each of the poems has a corresponding illustration. It represents the black woman that's being highlighted in that poem. And the, image, the images are absolutely stunning. What do you have to say about Melissa Kobe? So much. Like, I was so honored that she said yes to this project. When we started off in our uh, meetings and conversations with different publishing houses, I made I made it very clear that I wanted the illustrator to be a black woman. And wherever I could place a black, a black woman in this project, I wanted to. We even were able to, which is rare, we were able to find a, a black woman book designer as well. So it was just very intentional. Okay. And when Melissa signed on, I was just so excited because I was, I'm obviously a very intentional person. And I wanted to make sure that the artwork, uh, we were using that faceless style, because in my opinion, it allows readers to see the resemblance of who they're reading about, yeah. but see themselves within the art. That's really and that's, good an important thing because I want them to see themselves within the poems as well. So I just think she does that style so well. So when she signed on, I was like, oh, we got the perfect yeah, person. Yeah, no, she and hit she the was, nail on the head with this. It's hit so it good. on the head, so man, good. and I was just so excited. And uh, she was just such a joy to work with. And I, I'm just excited to give her even more of a platform, you know, and give her even more uh, opportunities. I know once this book comes out into the world, people are going to be contacting Melissa Colby from all over. Oh, for sure. Well, it's a great book. That is poet and author Harold Green III. The upcoming book called Black Roses is out next month, March 15th. You can pre-order it now. Thank you so much for talking with us, Harold. 
That's it for today's Reset. For more conversations on the politics, entertainment, and local stories that impact you, come back here to the Reset Podcast. We'll drop a new episode in your feed every weekday. That's all for today. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Have a great day, and we'll talk again tomorrow. WBEZ remains laser-focused on our mission to provide you with fact-based journalism. But that mission is only possible with your continued financial support. Become a sustaining contributor today. Give now at wbeez.org slash donate.